Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, Judy Gold, which is why I'm introducing the podcast. Uh, This week, we have part two of my conversation with Vanessa Rubio, who is talented, smart, and beautiful, and a New Jersey native. So, uh, Sit back, enjoy. Also, listen at the end, because I'm going to tell you about my upcoming gigs. One at City Winery in New York City on March 10th that you need to attend. And an added show at the Raz Room in New Hope on March 13th, because the uh, show on the 12th sold out. Because I'm Judy Gold, and it's all about me. So, enjoy. So, you went to NYU. Any other people in your class who are working who we know no you know i didn't study acting at nyu i studied history and art history and i was like i'm gonna be a curator i don't know what the hell i'm doing art history is so hard oh i loved it i i remember i took one class and i was like i have to do this have to yeah so i'm a bit of an art nerd i i did try to work in the art world in New York and well so you graduate and there's nothing in your head like I want to be an actor or a little bit a little bit yeah totally something with movies I was always trying to take as many classes as I could at Tisch right you know I was like hiding the fact that I was a CAS student college Uh right and I'm just like trying to hang out with these creatives I was like you know I want to be you right and the four years zip by I graduate and I'm working. I worked at the Guggenheim for a bit. Wow. What'd you do there? I was like, it was such a, it was such a weird position, Judy. (laughs) They were like, let's make a a position where it's half security guard, but half educator. 
And they're in the galleries all the time. Can I say something? (laughs) When I go to a museum, okay, and I see there is a person in every room because, you know, they don't want you defacing it or stealing it, whatever. And they stand there all fucking day long, all day long, looking at people looking at like, is that what you had to do? That's what I had to do. Oh, my God. I I would like how many hours a day? Oh, eight, seven, (gasps) and you were standing the whole time. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. It was, it was a real eye opener. How long did you do that for? Three years. Honestly, I never got sick of the building. The building is so beautiful. It's endlessly inspiring. And there were a lot of points that I loved. Probably the low points are, yeah, standing all day. That's horrible. Nobody should have to do that. Okay. So you get there in the morning. I just need to get into your head. You get there in the morning and they say you're standing in this room today or is it the same room all the time? They give you shifts. So every 40 minutes you rotate so you don't lose your mind. And what were the other security slash teacher people they Life. were all, yeah, had their degrees in, in art or art therapy oh or whatever. God. We'd all really study up on whatever exhibit it was, the collection. And and it was really interesting. I think they tried to do this initiative. I'm not even sure if the program still exists today, but we would have to engage with uh, museum goers and the conversation would have to be inquiry based. So whatever they said, we'd have to kind of form it into another question to sort of dig out their experience with the art piece, which led to some very interesting conversations. So, but did, did were you allowed to start the conversation or they had oh, to yeah. start the Okay, yeah, so, yeah. all right, let's do it. I'm standing there. Oh my God. Um, and I'm staring at, <laughs> I don't know, a piece. Well, we well, see, and by the way, I would go up to you. You would? I would, I would. What I'd would be you- like, I'm going up there. Because I feel like just you would have interesting things to say, or if you like rebuffed me, it would, it would be kind of funny and not that bad. So do you think that, that, that this would, this skill, like you would have to read people before you approach them, right? Like, that's the person I'm going to go talk to. Oh, totally. Like what, tell me something someone did that was so fucking, oh, I can't, I hate people so much. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. You know, just coming up to you saying snide things like, hey, you, you we're hardly working or you're working. At oh, all? yeah. Hard, working yeah. hard or hardly work. Shut yeah. the fuck up. I know. BS like that. Did some did anyone ever ask you like the, a ridiculous qu- like any dates <laughs> out of it? Oh, sure. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So you would go yeah, up to a hot guy. <laughs> And you would say, hey, I'm doing line, I'm learning line painting. Uh, would you like to pose for me? In like my- yeah, actually, aside from that, museums used to be a really nice place to meet people. Right. Um, now, I don't know. I haven't been to one in so long. But but yeah, there was one um, one guy I remember who's a painter. And we looked at each other and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to go on a date with this guy. You never talked to him. You just looked at him and said, I'm going to date this guy. All right. And did you go up to him? Yeah. Yeah. Then afterwards we dated for a little bit. Uh, It didn't work out, but it it was certainly a good place to meet people. I can't believe it. So every 40 minutes you go into another room and you know everything about that exhibit and every painting in that room. Yeah. So you, you had to study on your own. Like, would they Uh, say, this is the exhibit that's coming in. You need to know all this shit about every one of these paintings. Yeah. Yeah. Or sculptures or whatever. Yeah. And if you didn't, you know, of course you just BS it. (laughs) Did you ever have any, uh, was it ever like undercover boss where someone would come in and say something to you and you'd Ah. be like, yeah, yeah, you painted that in Italy (laughs) in uh, 1864. And they're like, no, we didn't. It was Spain. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I wish that would have been fun, actually. Okay. So you do that for three years. You're mm-hmm. reading people. You're, you know, standing there, which God bless. Is th- I mean, that's a long time. 
to have that job. A long time. And I will say one story that's also kind of an, an alignment story. One of my uh, supervisors, Murphy. Hey, Murphy. Hey, Murph. Uh, hey, Murph. He, he comes up to me in this guy's, you know, this was the, the time where people would burn each other DVDs and things like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's coming, he's talking about movies he sees. And, and then he goes, I just saw the best movie. It's called Hot Tub Time Machine. You gotta see it. And I'm like, oh oh, I don't know what this guy's talking about. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. He's like, I'll burn you a DVD copy. You have to watch it. He makes the, he makes the effort. He burns me a, a DVD of this movie. I watch it. And, I'm like, and you know, I've seen it once. But it's it's the our same producers who produce Cobra Kai and Are Billy, you fucking kidding? No, I'm not. And Billy Sapk is in it. And they're in this hot tub time machine, which takes them into like the 80s again. But it's produced by the same Cobra our producers at Cobra that Kai. That is I'm fucking like, crazy. Crazy. And I'm just like, and I think back on that time and I'm like, why was he so adamant about me watching this movie to and go who- and burn me a dvd of it and that's you know wait so do you is this murph this is murph thanks murph wait do you still talk to murph uh social media yeah wow did you say murph you're not gonna fucking believe this i'm working with the hot tub time machine and what who the fuck makes a movie called hot tub time machine what is it like that goes back in time and you see who's fucking getting whatever disease in your hot tub what is it Exactly. Exactly that. Exactly. No that. way. Yes. It's like they it goes back to the eighties and it's different people in the fucking hot tub. It's like the, the hot tub is the time machine and Chevy Chase is in it. Oh uh, my God. Oh, and it's so funny. I should uh, actually watch it again just to kind of. That see is it. fucking. You, how do you shift into performing from the standing in the, in the Guggenheim? Uh, basically, uh, I think I had to save my life, uh, my sense of self-expression. I was just like, were you know, painting at this time? Did you have any creative outlet? Yeah, I did. I was taking classes at the, our students league. I was, you know, New York really forms. Oh, forms yeah. Me. Oh, my God. Schlepping those streets. And then I was just like, I came to a point where I was like, I'm, I'm just boiling over with a need for self-expression. And I'm like, you know what? If I don't try this acting thing, I'll regret it. I, I had a little like, you know, morbid death. Right, right, right. Now, and, uh, had, had people seen you and said, oh, God, you have to be an actress. You're gorgeous and you're 5'10 and you're gorgeous. Occasionally. Yeah. OK. Yeah. That happened to me, too. It's crazy. Right. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're gigantic. What are you going to do? You should be a comedian because you're funny and you're loud and tall. All right. Go ahead. So go ahead. So. You, where do you take your first acting class? American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I did a summer program. Auditioning, you know, shaking like a leaf and all this stuff. But what once, did you audition with? Oh, God. Um, a monologue from Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Did you have a teacher? Like, did someone help you or you were just like, I'm no. just going to go? On. My oh. boyfriend at the time, Ari. Hey, Ari. 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 Ari was also like my creative, uh, the, like the best creative partnership I've, I've had thus far. So we really were, what happened with Ari? You're, you're done with Ari? No, we, you split up and, uh, we're still friendly on what social he do media. Now? You, you and the fucking social media, I, like you don't have to be friends with anyone. All you have to do is send them like a DM. Hey, thinking about you, I want your life. <laughs> uh, you know, like I, cause I realized over this fucking pandemic, when I was away from people, when yeah. I was then would regather with them, I was like, you get on my fucking nerve. Like, I never realized oh, yeah. how much you get on my nerves Absolutely. and repeat the same thing over and over again and talk about yourself all the time. Like you didn't see- notice before. Yeah. And now I hate everyone. Okay. <laughs> so um, Ari kind of pushes you. He's like a mentor or whatever. He's a painter. He's a fantastic painter. And yeah, we were just meant, he definitely did mentor me uh, creatively because I was just like bursting at the seams, you know? Now, so, were your parents annoyed? Um, were they annoyed that you were dating a Jew? No, not at all. They loved Ari. 
Oh, okay, good. So, uh, <laughs> so you do this cat on a hot tin roof. Are you fucking freaking the fuck out? Uh, yeah, but like with excitement, with joy, with. Oh God, to be young again. Okay, you go in. This is your first audition of anything ever, right? Ever, yeah. So you walk in the room, like, what is that? Like, what's, is there a bunch of people sitting there behind a desk, like judgy judgment? Uh, No, I think it was just one person. And this was to get into this summer program. Okay. And uh, yeah, I just went in there and did it. And Was it a man or a woman? I believe it was a man. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was very respectful, thank God. And uh, not like in Fame, where it's like, take off your shirt. <laughs> Remember that scene in Fame? She's like, I thought we were just take it off. Yeah, nah, nah. all right. So you do this this monologue, and then what does he? Do you remember what he said to you? I don't remember what he said, but I know it was positive feedback, and uh, I felt good about it. I felt okay. you know that's the thing. I think it was so exciting to me at the time because and at any time I'm a lover of of the craft, right? Because it, it allows you to feel alive fully, right? Okay? So yeah. you get into this program and then you start, do you start working immediately? Like what happens? Oh God, no, God, no. I'm a, I'm a pretty sensitive creature. So I bit bop around, you know, going from studio to studio, looking for a home. And I spent a good chunk of time at Terry Schreiber studio, uh, you know, and you know how it is, you know, you're not, you barely have enough money to, for rent right. and classes and you're just, you're just trying so hard. And um, did you ever want to go to HB? That's where I went. HB studio. Oh yeah. It's classes at HB. Of course. Loved HB studio. Yeah. It's, it's like the mainstay. It's like, right. Right. That was the one. If I, you know, if I just had enough money. Right. And just enough time, I'd go to HB, you know, right. they always have a class for me. Damn. Jeez. What, what, what precious days. But, um, then eventually I stepped away from it because I started auditioning and I hated the process. I was listening. so ha- you're, you're going to these studios, you're taking classes. Yeah. Did you get an agent right away? Like, did you get representation immediately? Absolutely. No, no, I was, I was hitting them streets. I was yeah. <laughs> really just doing it all. all on and my were own. you working while you were doing this? Yeah, I was working while I was doing it. And then I kind of burnt myself out. The, relationship with Ari was falling apart. And I said, you know what? I'm, I, I ran away from New York. I was like, I can't do New York anymore. It's spinning right. my wheels. It's driving me nuts. So I, I went to Providence, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Decided to take continuing ed courses at RISD. Right. Because I still had this, great school. This great school. And that was when I was doing art modeling and I called them my gypsy days. Right. I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm living right. on the cheap and you know, just doing this. And then I really miss acting. And that was around 2012. And then I was just like, you know what? I, I have to go back to New York. I have to make it work. Things okay. started to fall into place once I, I made the decision. So how did you make money in, in Providence? I was art modeling uh, at all the colleges there. All right. I was uh, hosting at a restaurant. So you were doing the the starving artist. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Which you can't really do anymore, which is so and live in and live in New York City, which I was just talking about with my neighbor. It's like when I moved to New York in 84. the, The whole I live on the Upper West Side. It was full of artists and all different kinds of artists. And yes, it was, maybe it was a little dangerous, but it was so, it had such personality. And now I can't, it's just rich people just buy, you know, we're, I don't know. It's awful. Hey everyone. Did you know that fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States. And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast growing trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. What 
Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew. The space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code JUDYGOLD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code JUDYGOLD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. You go to Providence. You, you decide, I'm, t- I'm taking these classes. I'm doing, I miss acting. You yeah. go back to New York. Yeah. Where do you live? I go back to live with my parents. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, it How was that- times. I mean, Looking back at it, I'm like, oh, man, you really went through it. But I had to. And I discovered, you know, power of your thoughts and all this stuff and just kind of rocketed myself out of that situation. Just being more aware of, you know, creating your your life and your destiny and all this stuff. And um, it all worked out. But I will say that when I moved back to New York in 2012, it was like the universe did answer me back. It was like, yes, you're, you're back. And here you go. Because in that first month back, I booked, I I had gotten an agent. I'd gotten a manager. I booked a commercial, which got me my SAG card. So it all happened in like a span of a month. Isn't that weird? Like you make a decision. You're like, you know what? And you go and boom, it's like, show me this was the fucking right decision to make you know that it's just incredible so are you still with the same agent i am i love that that is so you know like it's so funny because whenever people you know at award shows are like i want to thank my agent of 47 and a half years you know and i'm like oh that's so nice but that also is something that doesn't happen anymore so you find this agent and you get a commercial and you're working. And then how do you get Cobra Kai? Well, a couple, I think it's a couple bit more years. That was around 2014. I was working right. at, so, you know, working at restaurants, cocktail waitressing, whatever. What restaurants did you work at? Oh man, I worked at this restaurant at the bottom of the Dream Hotel downtown called Cherry. Uh, it's now now closed. It was a very trendy place. Yeah. I was a terrible waitress. Uh-huh. But I was very good with people. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, going from that, I was like, oh, God, I can't do food service anymore. I need to do something simpler and just devote all my time to what I need to focus on. So I was like, okay, cocktail waitressing. Here we go. So I did that. Did you have to wear like a short skirt and everything with the cocktail waitressing? Uh, occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I never could do any of that. Cause they'd be like, "Ugh, you know what? You can't wear that. Cause the customers are going to leave. So we're going to make you, you know, the host and you have to wear a man's suit. No, go ahead. 
That would actually be kind of cool, right? If there was a place that had women wear. I know where when women. I'm sure it's it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually, you know, I, I and then I found my acting teacher, Alan Langdon. Love you. He's in New is York. he Jewish? He is. I knew it. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, love him forever. He's my guy. And he tr- he really did crack the what should I say the awareness open right for me, acting wise. Then everything started to click in, and I was like, oh my god, you know, I could actually do this right. And um, and then I was very comfortable, not very comfortable. Who is comfortable still auditioning? But oh, I, could, I love it so much. Hate it. You do. <laughs> I just hate it. I mean, it's so weird when you're auditioning because. Like you go in, do I say hi? Am I friendly? Like, especially for me, it's like you want to be professional, but my normal personality is like to disarm them and, and be like, Hey, yeah, I water to blow, blah, blah, you know, whatever. I'll do a joke and they'll be like, Ugh, we don't want her on the set. You know, I, I you know, it's like, know. It's, it's just so weird when you walk in an audition And sometimes like when I, when I auditioned for Woody Allen, um, years ago, the first time I auditioned for him, you know, they say, don't look at him. Don't shake his hand, blah, blah, blah. And I walk in and they're like, here's your, you know, they don't give you the material beforehand. They do not, you, you, they give it to you there and then you have to give it back to them because they don't want anyone seeing the material. And I walk in this room and he's in there. And he's like, hey, how are you? Shakes my hand, looks at me. I'm like, what the fuck was this instruction where you can't look at him? You can't talk, you know? So it's so weird auditioning. So did you audition for Cobra Kai? I did. It was a self-tape. Kind of, thank God, right? Right. Well, I I know, yeah. At that point in my life, yeah, thank God. I I was like, just stressed out with other things. but yeah, auditioning is so weird. I agree with you. Um, but it was a self-tape and it was one of the good ones. Sometimes, you know, with self-tapes, when I started doing them, I'm like, are they even watching this? Right, right, right. You know, it's such, you're living on such a prayer and a dream. I know. Really and you are. can, and the fact that you can redo it over and over and over and over and over and over until you find one, you know. That's not the way the business was. You'd go in and you had your one fucking shot and, and you knew they liked you if they gave you direction, if they said, okay, great, try it this way. And then you were like, okay, they're seeing if I can act or I can take direction. Right. But now it's like, let's record this 5,000 times and pick the best one. Totally. Yeah. So you, you send in your tape or your agent sends in your tape. And when do you find out? that you booked this thing? Did you have to, you know, go into a network? Did you have to do anything like that? You know, I didn't because it was booked at, at first as a recur, which I'm, you know, I'm like divine timing. Everything happened for a reason. And at the time, like I, I told you, 2000, late 2017, my mother's sick. I'm not, you know, I'm a, ugh, you know, right. Um, so I send in the self tape. I recorded at my agency uh, around 44th street east side and uh, i leave and i'm walking uh around 42nd street on the east side and um they were like oh they liked you the producers liked you but they want to know if you can do another tape just with more levity like funnier so i was like okay so i turn around go right now back at up. the when you say okay mm-hmm. you're just like oh okay you're not yeah. like me where it's like oh fuck I should have fucking done it. Like, fuck, I knew it. I knew it. Like, you don't do any of that <laughs> Jewish neurotic shit, right? No, I kind okay. of, I think I would do that in the beginning, which is why I hated auditioning so much. Right, right, right. It, it became apparent to me. I'm like, listen to myself, me talking to myself. I'm like, if you're going to do this all the time, you're not going to make, like, it's right. not viable for you. Like your mind won't be able to take it. So I'm like, okay. So I'm going to have to make a conscious decision to do my best to let it go, which is, an impossibility, uh, right? That, you know, it's it's still impossible. But you, I just try to like throw away the sides or buy myself a cupcake afterwards, or, you know, something. I think the fact that I was pretty fatigued just by life at that point 
that I just didn't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. And that is the best way to do it. You're like, I don't yeah. fucking care. I'll just do it. And that is when that's the only time you get a fucking job in this business where you're like, oh, fine. Okay. I'll do it. Yeah. So you go in, you do. And how soon after that second tape do you find out? Pretty soon. Pretty soon. And then it's like, okay, that was around October of 2017. They're like, all right, we need you in Atlanta in November. And you're just like, okay, let's, let's do this. So your mother knew that you were getting success before she, yeah, before she passed, yeah. which thank God for that. Thank um, God. Did she get to see you on the screen? She did. I mean, okay. I, booked, I booked a lot of commercials before Cobra Kai. And, um, you know, when I first told my parents that I wanted to be an actor, they were just like, it was just like dead silence. They're right, just, right, right. Of course. You know, we sent you to this expensive school. We're still paying these loans. How do right. And yeah, I had to, you know, really take myself out of that. But once I got my agent and once I was booking commercials and they were like, oh my God, you're on TV. Like, right. Isn't that funny? The way, yeah. 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 Then they're like, we believe in it too. You know, I was like, oh, okay. But she was so cute. We used to take Zumba class together. That was our ritual. And after the Zumba class, she'd always be like, this is my daughter. She's in the Crest commercial. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I really appreciate that she got to see that some of that success, but she didn't get to see Cobra Kai. Okay. Yeah. But she's in Cobra Kai. So yeah, basically. So you're, you're a recur now for the listeners recur like you get guest star and then you get recur, which means you're on two or more episodes. You're recurring, but recur, you can call yourself a recur if you're on two, but you know, it's, it's pushing it. So you're a recur and it's not all the time that recurs become series regulars. I mean, it's the dream of the recur to become a series regular, but you had no idea when you were recurring that you were going to become a series regular. Is that correct? Yeah, no, no idea. How did they tell you and wh- how fucking happy were you? It was pretty like sudden. It was around Christmas time, 2020. And what a great year that was too. Yeah, really great. But that was, it was, I found out through my manager, I guess they contacted her and we were both like, oh, like, what do we do now? Like, we were just like, boo. Uh, so we had to, you know, work that out quickly. Yeah, renegotiate. Was, yeah. I mean, honestly, it was about time. After season three, I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to check out other options if this series regular doesn't come through. Because, yeah, it was at the point where I was like, yeah, it's pushing it. I'm in. Right. I'm, I'm in, in a lot of episodes. A lot of episodes. And, right. Uh, Still not a reeker. So I was checking out other options for sure. And then when that offer came through, yeah, we had to re-strategize, re-regain plan. You know, the kid that plays your son, who is adorable, what kind of relationship do you guys have? Cholo's amazing. He's just a good kid. He's just a good, like um, a light, you know, he's just lighthearted, down to earth, funny as hell. Uh, and I always say, I'm just like a solo. I think, I think I booked this role because we have the same like jawline. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so you, you've said that you love playing Latin a, whatever the fuck you've loved, you know, playing this character and it not being a stereotypical Latin. What am, what am I supposed to say? Latin X, Latin a, what am I supposed to fucking <laughs> say? You can say that. Um, What do you think the effect that is? First of all, I mean, you probably have other actors who are Latin, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, uh, who are completely jealous of you or more like, oh, I wish I could play. Do you think this will have an effect perhaps on because you're you're very small percentage. People don't realize yeah. Of on-screen representation. Uh, yeah. Your on-screen yeah. Rep- is very. Like 5%. Right. Five fucking percent. And then I think like the statistic is like half of the five is like speaking roles. Right. Right. It's ridiculous. 
Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. First of all, I, I really want to know how your parents, I feel so bad that your mother died while Trump was president. I mean, I don't know what their politics were, but I just feel bad that like I am like divine intervention that my mother died before Trump became right. president. I mean, it must be so fucking hard, you know, the child of immigrants and listening to this fucking shit all the time. Like, oh, it's it's awful. Have you experienced a lot of sort of anti-immigrant stuff uh, in the past few years? I mean, I've definitely experienced a lot more anti-Semitism. I, well, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, well, I'm also Afro, Latino, quarter, Black. My family's entirely mixed. My grand, my mother's parents, my grandfather was Black Colombian. And my grandmother's white Colombian. And, you know, in the, when did they get married? I guess in the 40s. Oh, God, that must have been. In, in Colombia. Yeah. Um, but you know what? They were such meant to, they were such a meant to be couple. Right. That I really feel like they they were kind of like that couple. Uh, they made a movie about the lovings. Yes, the loving. Yes. Yeah, they were less like, we love each other. And, and fuck you. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the fact that that was even a law is so disgusting. Like, it's so fucking disgusting. So you're you you're Afro Latin A, which is why you're so fucking gorgeous. I being ninety nine point eight percent Ashkenazi Jew inbred, I do not have the features of Vanessa Rubio. Okay, that's one of my Um, favorite Ashkenazi. You like that? It's a great word. Ashkenazi. Ashkenazi. Okay. So I ask my guests to all of my guests, two questions, which I really, and first of all, I wish you you are delightful. I hope you just work forever. Is, is your agent Buckwald? Mm -hmm. I knew it because you said 44th street. You know why? Because when I was in college at Rutgers, I um, was an intern at Buckwald. No way. Yes. My, I'm always wondering about that. How did they treat you? How was your experience? Well, I just was, I worked there for Ricky Olshan. Um, Claire. Oh my God. Will you say hello to her? Yeah, of course. I loved her. Yeah, I was there and I was just like a college senior. You know, I'm 20 years old, 20. One, I, I don't know. I would come in every, I forgot, I think it was Fridays and I would work in the office and you know what we did? They would do submissions for, you know, different for their clients to go in to audition for things. And there was no computer. So I would go in the filing cabinet, pull out the photo, then the resume, then staple the photo to the resume and then do a cover letter. These are all the people for this role put it in an envelope and send that out and then do the next roll and pick out the photo. And there was just the whole office was full of filing cabinets of photos and resumes. But yeah, when you said I was walking around 44th street and 40s, I was like, Oh, she's probably with Buckwald. I have such memories about walking, walking over there. Um, uh, first of all, you're so young and beautiful and you've already become a series regular on a Netflix, you know, like you're, and you're fucking great. Um, what are your goals like, what do you need? What do you want after this? Like, where do you want to go to? <laughs> what do you need? Well, thank you. I have to, you know, this is, we have a lovely show and a lovely uh, on-screen family dynamic. I just hope that the next show that I book has some of that same elements and some of those same elements. Right. Yeah, I just, I think I need to open up my creative self more. And I was just 
saying that because I meditate and I was meditating. I squeezed in a little meditation before. Nice, nice. I procrastinated on it, Judy. And I was like, what kind of, I know it's the worst because then you think about it all day. I didn't meditate. I didn't meditate. I didn't meditate. You have to meditate. What what kind of, (laughs) what kind of meditation do you do? I do guided meditation with uh, Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Oh, I'm going to look that up. Yeah, look him up. I previously did that would just do mindfulness. You know, yeah. 20 minutes. Uh, but I really enjoy the guided ones. Um, yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're good. And I was just saying to myself, you know what? What came to me during the meditation, I'm going to say yes to my heart more. Say yes to your heart more. Oh, that's good. I'm writing this down, Joe. Just spend the... Okay. Um... <laughs> so I think it has to stem from that for me. I need to say yes to my heart more. Yes to my creativity more write more, paint more. Right. You got to let those creative. I mean, when I'm writing and doing other things that are artistic or, or feeding my art, you know, my need for that creativity, I get work. It's so fucking weird. Just yeah, doing like, something. Yeah. yeah. You're letting off like happy pheromones or something. Yeah. Cause you're yeah. a musician too. Right. I play piano. I play piano. Yeah. And the clarinet. How do you know? I was listening to your podcast. Oh, right. Okay. I was Aww. studying. Oh, you're such a good girl. You are such a nerd. I love you. I uh, am a nerd. <laughs> okay. So your father lives in Florida. Is that correct? That's correct. Say hello to Luis. I mean, I love Florida, but it's not. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the uh, DeSantis um, or the Rubio. Uh, you're the only Rubio I'm a fan of. Uh, okay. So I asked my podcast guests two questions. First of all, I think you already answered, but what do you do for your mental health? Um, because we're pro mental health because I have so much fucking anxiety, depression, and like my fingers are so look at this. I have to wear band-aids today because I was so anxious. I was picking my oh, fingers. Boy. I know it's bad. I need to pick at my fingers. It started again. I'm in the middle of looking for an apartment. So Yeah, I isn't it weird? And each finger for me is is like this is work. This is the kids. <laughs> this is traveling. You know, it's like I pick a finger and it till a plate. All right. So um, what do you do for your mental health? Oh, boy. Meditate for sure. But that's got to be probably number one. I exercise. Same. Uh, Peloton. Right yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like I have to keep track of like, <laughs> as a woman, like my cycle. Oh, God. Elisa used to do that. She had a piece of fucking paper and she would like literally the day and then how heavy it was. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you going to do with that? And now she's in menopause. Well, we're done. So we don't have to do it anymore. But yeah, she had a little paper. I feel like it gives me a sense of where I am mentally. I'm like, right, okay, right. This week is when I usually am more sensitive. And then this week is when I really want to work out. I'm right. Like, so, you know, I have to be aware of that. Uh, awareness helps. Yes. Journaling. I've always been a journaler. Wow. So much better. And I did during the pandemic, near the end of the pandemic, I did uh, The Artist Way, you know? Oh yeah, that book. Yeah. yeah. You did the whole book? I did. I had to do it with a group of people to keep me accountable. Yeah. And did it, what happened after you did that book? Cause I already, I started that book and then I was like, nah, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. 30 years ago, but <laughs> I started it like 10 years ago and then just completed it last year. It's like, it's an opener. It certainly yeah. is. I'll do it again. Um, and it, it's built on the premise. I'm sure, you know, that the morning pages are three handwritten pages in the morning. Right. Kind of like a writing meditation, but it also helps you dig into what's going on. In your right. Mind. Right. And be okay with it. Cause it's like, she encourages, you know, just letting the shit out. You, know? right. <laughs> you like, have what? to let it out or it festers. It uncle festers. Um, Nobody wants an uncle fester. No. All right. Final question, which I know is going to be hard for you, but maybe not. You know, I call the podcast company now because everything gets on my fucking nerves. And I'm always like, oh my God, kill me now. So what pisses you off and makes you fucking crazy angry? Oh God. It could be anything that fucking makes you. (laughs) You know what? It'll take me like zero to 60. 
is when a guy in the street will be like, hey, smile. This used to happen more before. Oh, my God. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Hey, smile. Like I'm your little fucking little doll and I'm go fuck yourself. I know. Like nothing makes me want to punch somebody more than that, I think. Uh, And it's funny, like. Oh, my God. I fucking I'm so mad right now. Some people, like, some, people, some people aren't bothered by it. And I'm like, I'm bothered by that. I'm no, bothered. I would be bothered by that. And who the fuck are you to tell me to smile? Maybe something horrible just happened to me, you fucking asshole. And I'm not here for your viewing pleasure, you piece of shit. Right, right. It's so objectifying. It fuck is. Fuck him. I hate him. I know. Ah, that guy. Ugh. No one ever says that to me. straight. <laughs> <laughs> If I am smiling, they go, why are you you smiling? smiling (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, All right. People who are just mean to, I don't know, animals. Oh, yeah, I can't. But uh, on the same in the same token, I can't with the fucking freezing animal commercial with Sarah Uh, McLaughlin. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's like I'm watching TV and it's like. So, and I'm like, no, I can't. I have to change the channel. I le- I literally will leave the room. And the commercial is like a half an hour fucking long. Yeah. And then you go back in, you look, and you're like, oh, my God, there's the dog with the fucking snow all over it looking at me like, please help me. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Um, Vanessa, you, I, you are a delight. I can't thank you enough for being on my podcast because I know you're busy having me i was a little uh in, insecure about being here oh like, my god you're the best has your brother gone to the set no but it, i need to then you he's have happen. to bring him since he was like the big karate kid fan it needs to happen this these past two seasons we shot were a little weird with covid and oh i know horrible but yeah the next one is like hey it's now now or never bro gotta come um do you think he can fix my car that got hit on the fdr drive um yeah all right can i i can take a jersey yeah and i can use my friends and family discount all right yeah um vanessa you are delightful i the show you're really great on the show and i just love that i love knowing that you know you're really your mom like you know that your mom is there on set with you i just love that and i just wish you all the best and you're so fucking hot i can't take it it's not fair I'll take it. I'll yeah, you take, can take that it. compliment. Thank you. You're I've welcome. I've had to receive compliments, so now I'm like, yeah, you know what? Thank you. You take that. You take I'm that. I'm going to take it. Whoa. All power to you. So where can people find you on socials? I'm pretty active on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, very Venus. Spelled like Very Venus. Very Venus. You know. Okay. You know, I'm down with the divine feminine. I hear um, you. You know, so yeah, that's very Venus spelled like the letter, uh, the word very, the letter V N E S S. And I'm mostly active on that Twitter. I dip my head in a little bit, but it drives me. It's just a no, it's just like, ugh. too many Twitter. I mean, I, I, it's so hard because it's just going to make you aggravated. Like you get on, you're like, what happened? Oh, uh, yeah, I hear Exactly. Exactly. That's about it. All right. Well. Watch Cobra Kai simply for Vanessa because <laughs> she's fucking great. And the show, I mean, what a great idea for a show to go back to this film and, you know, and I'm just so happy for you. And keep painting and doing your art. Thank you. Thank okay, you. Okay, very you. important. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with the beautiful, talented, and Garden State native Vanessa Rubio. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without the help of Brittany Joe Sowards. Actually, I wouldn't be possible without the help of Brittany Joe Sowards. Uh, if you have not subscribed or left a review, I hate you. Seriously, subscribe and leave a five star review. It's very important. It's important to keep this show moving and going and continuing. So uh, five stars, five stars. If you haven't purchased my book, yes, I can say that when the cover of the comedians were all in trouble, you suck. I mean, I know it came out in 2020 in July, so it's a year and a half old, but still, it's a good gift. 
please go to my website, judygold.com, spelled the normal way, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. Uh, just so you know, I wrote on season five of Better Things, which premieres Monday, February 28th. Know that I was a part of that fantastic show and uh, thrilled about it. I will be at City Winery. That's City Winery in New York City, March 10th. I will be at the Raz Room in New Hope, March 12th, which is sold out, and an added show on the 13th, which is Sunday at 6 o'clock, so get there. The fucking Super Bowl's over. No more no more football. I'm also going to be at the Raz Room at the Savoir Theater, March 26th. That is in Fort Lauderdale, so get your asses there. So a lot of stuff coming up. I just want to say, keep doing the right thing. Keep wearing the mask in a public place. Because here's the deal. I don't want to get, I don't want there to be another fucking, um, what are they called? Variant. I don't want another variant. And I was like, and I'm getting like, oh, I don't feel like wearing a mask anymore. But I really don't. I, Elisa and I have not gotten COVID. Poo, 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 poo. And we don't want to get it. But Elisa did have a sore throat and had to take antibiotics, but that's a whole other situation. Um, so stay safe. Um, speak out. Please speak out against racism and anti-Semitism because it's running rampant and I'm sick of it. Do you understand? I'm sick of it. Please follow me on Twitter. Instagram and TikTok at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. I'm going to be doing more shooting the shits um, and Elisa will be filming them. She doesn't know that right now, but I just told her because she's in the room. We're in a hotel room. It's so exciting. Anyway, I just, I can't thank you all so much for listening. I just, I was at Zay Bars and a man stopped me who was a director, a soap opera director. And he said, that he had directed me in As the World Turns like 400 years ago and that he loves the podcast and it made my fucking day. Because, you know, you don't get a lot of feedback from the podcast because it's you talking into a microphone. But we have some amazing guests coming up. You're going to be really, really excited. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, I can't wait till winter's over. It fucking sucks. And um, as we always say, so long. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>